Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. The mighty mouth, the mighty mouth. It's given by God to eat with. You can speak soft, you can speak at a medium volume or a loud volume. You can speak calm, you can speak normal. You can be argumentative, you can scream, you can yell. Isn't that the same thing? Maybe, maybe not. This depends. It can be used to fight with, to bite with. It can be used to be to lighten and still the spirit. It can be used to, to put a small child to sleep. It can speak hatred and curse. It can be used to be stirring up conflicts and destroy lives. Or it can be used to build lives, speaking love and compassion and concern. Letting others see and hear Jesus in you. It can be used to kill and destroy a marriage or make one know your undying love. It can be used for all these things. Yes, you can have the mighty mouth. And that is the title of today's sermon. Here it comes to save the day. The mighty mouth is on its way. Or here it comes to kill your day. Yes, it's the mighty mouth. It all depends on what you do with it. You have a mighty mouth, or do you? It depends. The mouth, the tongue of man, is powerful. And by man, I mean mankind, of course. It's powerful. It's caused more work for God than just about anything else. God can build up and man often tears down with that tongue. I love the verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. I use it often, and what the mouth can do. And it's all about salvation. Romans 9 and 10 is about salvation. But listen what it says about that in Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see how beautiful the mouth can be? Use that mouth. Believe with your heart. Call unto God. You can be saved. Hallelujah. What a beautiful thing the mouth can be. There's nothing greater than the almighty mouth of God. That's the first picture on your page. The almighty mouth of God. See, the mouth's not all bad. Dependent what you do with it. Think of it like this. God has a microphone. His voice comes out of the speaker that he has chosen to use and who chooses to listen to God. Right now, I have a microphone, not just the one on my tie, but one right here that I'm speaking from. Yesterday, a band was here, a group, my brother's group, and they were here singing and, uh, and I was dancing to some of their songs to be truthful about it. But when they first got up here, I had not turned on the, the sound system yet. And they were starting to sing, and they had their little uh, speakers up here for their, their guitar and all. But they went up to sing, and they were going like this. They were going, and you can't hear what I'm saying. You can't right here, but you can't right here. They couldn't. And they, they said, oh, Philip, did you turn on the sound system? I said, oh, no. So I went back there to turn on. And even though they were singing with all their heart and soul, not one noise was coming from the speakers. The speakers here by me and the speakers up here. Not one sound was coming out because I hadn't turned on the sound system. Not one speaker was being used. 
So I had to go back there and turn it on and do it just right. You see how many speakers God has chosen? Moses, Noah. He spoke through David. He spoke through so many, Joseph and Jacob, and I could go on and on and on. You. But have you let God speak through you? Or maybe you haven't. Maybe God wants to say so many things, but your speaker isn't speaking because you just don't want to. Maybe you're not listening, or maybe you're not letting him speak through you. Your sound system's not turned on. God is speaking as loud as can be, but your sound system's not turned on. So it really doesn't matter what's being said. Maybe you can hear it, but no one else is hearing it around you because you won't let your sound system be used. And so God's almighty mouth is not being used for others to hear. So what's happening there? Basically, it's all for naught. No, I'm not saying you can't use it, but it can't be used of God for others to hear. And that's a problem. How many ministers have been chosen of God, and what are they doing? They're putting their own understanding, their own wants, their own desires, and they're not listening to the almighty mouth of God, His word, His truth, the truth. We see it all the time. Because they want to fit in with the world and not with the word of God. It happens. We talk about it a lot. Why do you do that, Pastor? Because it's so true and it needs to be heard. Listen to what God says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. And remember, he was speaking to Jeremiah and through Jeremiah. But God himself was speaking to Jeremiah saying, I need to speak to you and through you to all the other people. Jeremiah was thinking, I can't do this. I a lot of times call my my. Dear, dear friend, one of my very best friends of the whole wide world, Jeremy back there. I call him Jeremiah. He said, I'm not called Jeremiah. And I said, I call you Jeremiah. But part of that is me being ornery. And he knows that. And part of that is me being um, nice. Because I think Jeremiah was one of the greatest men of all time. And I think it's a blessing to call him Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah was a chosen man of God. And listen to what Jeremiah says. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. He says the same to us when we listen, when we are chosen, and when we choose to do what God says and say what he has told us to say. How do we know when it's God and when it's us? First of all, it cannot contradict the word of God. So you've got to know the word. You've got to study the word. Know it. Listen to the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that. Listen to what it says in 2 Peter 1.21. Now, Peter, of all people, know. Because Peter, a lot of times, would speak his own words, and God would have to shut his mouth. He would have to. And then Peter grew. We saw Peter grew. By the time that Peter wrote his books, Peter had changed completely from being a loudmouth, hard-headed, violent, idiot, fisherman, to being a good, holy man who changed. Oh, I can't change. I can't change. But God can do all things, all things, all things, including change your hard-headedness if you let him. And he can speak through you if you'll let him. But I'm not a speaker. I don't know very much. True. True. You're ignorant. True. You're foolish. True. You're not perfect. True. You might be stupid in certain things. True. 
God knows all things. True, you can't speak too very well. True, you may be uneducated, but God isn't. You're speaking to a man who has learning disabilities. I can't pronounce half the names in the Bible, but God helps me with it. It takes me time. Sometimes I may pronounce them wrong. I'm sorry for that, by the way. If I'm saying things incorrectly, just have to, you just have to be patient with me. I was in learning disability most of my school days. That gave me excuses not to want to learn. Because I'm nothing but a dummy, I said to myself. Yeah, even that I said incorrectly. Why? Because I'm letting you understand that I made excuses. Every kind of excuse in the world. And Satan was behind some of that. Because I made every excuse in the world. I can't be used of God. I can't do it. And I was right. I can't. But God can. And he has. He took an overweight, undeveloped brain, a man who's had brain surgeries, a man who, who, can't, who cannot talk on his own, a man who has a gap in his teeth long, large enough in his own mind to fit a semi through it, <laughs> times that I don't feel like I can do anything, times I just want to sit by myself in the basement of a house, suck on a thumb and say, I can't do a thing. But then I stand up and say, all right, God. I'm not going to let the devil get in my way. I want to stand up and let you do the talking, let you do the walking, let you do all the work through me. You do the talking because I certainly can't. Okay, so I have a southern accent. I was raised by a man from Arkansas. What can I do? Okay, so I can't do the thinking on my own. I have had seven brain surgeries. I have had learning disabilities. I've got a lot of things I can't do. But when the Holy Spirit takes over me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It can be done. And folks, if I can do it, if men with heart problems can do it, with men who, who believe they can't do anything on their own can do it, and women who believe they can't do anything get up and talk because the Lord has called them, I guarantee you, you can do it. Let God do it. Let him speak through you. It can be done. Be a speaker if God has called you, not because you call you. Matthew 4.4. 4. Jesus says this in Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered, it is written, remember this is when Satan was tempting him. It is written, man should not live by bread alone. It's, it's, it's echoing a little bit up here, just a little bit. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the word of God. Now this is when he's tempted by Satan. Sometimes we're tempted. We're tempted not to talk, not to say things, and we listen to Satan. You can't do anything. You're not anything. No, 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 no. Live by the things of this world. But remember, proceed out, out of the mouth of the Lord God. What does it say in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12? Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is alive. This is the Bible. The word of God is alive. You can't see it. But I have a sword, a sword that's on the cover of this Bible. And I love it. There's a sword picture all throughout this Bible. And it's true. This Bible is a sword. It's sharp. It cuts through the enemy every time he attacks you. Remember what it says here in Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
You need the word with you continuously. Am I saying you need to carry it around with you physically, the Bible? First of all, if you have a smartphone, and not a dumb one, <laughs> if you have a smartphone, you can have the Bible with you, even if it's just little verses here and there. Now, I personally believe you should have a physical Bible. I do. Because it does do something different for your brain, for your emotion and everything else. But if you don't have a physical Bible with you at the time, it's good to have the other with you. So that you can look it up and the devil cannot give you an excuse. Oh, you don't have your word. Oh, no, no, no. I got it with me always. But when you study and you read continuously and you do have it with you in your heart, it can't be taken away from you no matter what. Here's the problem. God has the almighty mouth, the almighty mouth of God. And then, and here comes the second picture. There is, and yes, we're mankind. We are all mankind. I know I drew it with the man there. And I'm sure all the women want to say amen to that. And it's okay. Because a lot of men have a big mouth, but we all do. The big mouth of man. The big mouth of man. We all have a big mouth. Now, I know some people are more quiet than others. I'm not going to say that I'm quiet. I am sometimes by myself. I'm very quiet and Truth be told, I'm not usually very quiet. And sometimes I say far too much. You don't have to say amen, Jeremiah. I see you back there. <laughs> uh, he and I are a lot alike that way. <laughs> but here's the thing about having a big mouth. And I'm speaking about the fact that we sometimes are too busy talking and not listening to the Lord, the Holy Spirit. We need to shut up. We need to shut up. In fact, to quote Archie Bunker, shut up you. Listen to the Lord, Christians and lost, but especially Christians in this. Shut up. Listen to the Lord, says the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Do it. Don't ignore because you will regret it. If the Lord is talking to us and we're too busy talking and listening to our own understanding and not listening to what God has to say, we need to be quiet. How many times you say, yeah, but Lord, you don't understand. No, God does understand. He created the whole world. He knows the sin that's in the world. He knows what people are saying to us, but we need to be quiet. We need to shut up. We need to listen to what the Lord is saying to us. Be quiet and listen. Here's some verses for you. And most of them are in Proverbs. There's some in Psalms, one in James. But listen to what it says. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24. Proverbs 4, 24. Put away... Put away from you a deceitful mouth. What is deceitful? Well, we know what it means to be deceitful. Lying. Full of hardship. It says, put away a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Right now in uh, Washington, D.C., we see deceitful, lying lips constantly. People lying all the time. And you can put a face with that if you want. You don't need to because we know that it's just... It's with so many people. It's not just there. It's in schools. It's in politics. It's in movies. It's with wealthy people. It's with poor people. It's with people on the streets. It's with people in churches. It's with people all over the place. It's with families. It's with people who are alone. With people who are not. It's with marriages. It's with dating people. Deceit. Cheating and lying and stealing. and It's horrible. It shouldn't be that way. But it's the way it is. 
in Psalm 34, verse 13. Psalm 34, verse 13 says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. We're to be honest. Now, what does that mean? Tell the truth. Speak the truth of the Lord God. A lot of times people say, oh, that means we're going to hurt people's feelings. Well, sometimes you do. But we're not talking about going out and purposely being a jerk. But it does mean to be honest with them. Tell the truth. There's only one way into the, into the Lord, one way into heaven. Yeah, but that's going to hurt people's feelings. You're saying that they're going to hell. What's worse? Send people to hell, think they're going to heaven? That's worse. Or how about this? Go up to someone and say, no, I'm not talking about, do you think this dress looks good on me? No, that's an opinion, folks. And men, if you're married, that's also a way to be homeless. No, honestly, but in all honesty, we're not talking about opinions. We're talking about biblical facts. And do it with love and kindness. We'll get to that in a little bit. Proverbs 10, 19. Proverbs 10, 19. It says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And we know that's true. Once again, Proverbs 10, 19, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Oh, you know, sin is a three-letter word nowadays. People don't even want to hear the word sin. Oh, you shouldn't say sin, Pastor. You shouldn't say sin. That hurts people's feelings. Folks, sin is real. It's the reason Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead so that your sin can be washed white as snow. But people don't like to hear the word sin. It's still real. And if you pretend it's not real, then you're a liar and your mouth needs to be cleaned. You know, I remember once upon a time if a kid said a bad word, soap would meet your mouth. And I've had that happen once or thrice. And let me tell you something. It might look real pretty and it might smell pretty, but zest does not taste pretty. It just doesn't. And let me tell you a few other things. Even though the hand-washed soap may look good, it don't taste good either. You just need to be careful what you say and do because God wants to wash out your mouth, but it needs to be washed out with something different. I've said a lot of things, bad words, other things that God wants to wash out, but worse than bad words in that, and I'm not justifying bad words whatsoever. God tells us not to. The other thing you need to be careful of is speaking words that make sin look good because that's a curse. It said in uh, Proverbs 10, 19, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Again, the phrase there is shut up. Matthew 15, 18, what does Jesus say in Matthew 15, 18? But those things which proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart, and they defile a man. That comes out of the heart. That's where sin is at. That's where good is at. That's where we are at. It's from the heart. It may come out of the mouth, but that's what we have in our heart. And we need to remember that. And so a lot, of, a lot of fights come from that. A lot of wars have come from that. Back to Proverbs again. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but that's how it is. Proverbs 30, 32. Proverbs 30, 32. If you have been foolish in lifting up yourself, come out pride here. If you have been foolish in lifting up yourself, or if you have thought evil, put your hand on your mouth. Back to the being quiet. There's also a part that says about the removing all doubts, you know, being quiet, removing all doubts. You know about that. Proverbs 21, 23. 
Proverbs 21, 23. This goes along with the set of my tongue, Lord Jesus. Whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. I'll say it again. Proverbs 21, 23. And you can write that there if you want. There's another one that goes with it. It says, whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. This is important. I've not always done that. And I've gotten in a lot of trouble. A lot, a lot of trouble. We Christians want often to listen to our flesh and emotions and say everything that comes to mind. But we shouldn't. So what should we say? Said on my tongue, Lord Jesus. My mother has said that a million times. I've heard her say it. Now, I have said that too. I haven't always listened to it. When the Holy Spirit tells me don't do it, there's been times I've done it anyway. I said it anyway. And then wonder, well, what happened, Lord? I said it said on my tongue. I told you to be quiet. I tried to say it on my tongue. And you took your tongue, put it right back in your mouth, and you said it anyway. Oh, is that what happened? Yes, and you knew it. Maybe you've done the same thing. God gives us a heads up. It would be like an alarm going off whenever there's a tornado coming. And you just, oh, well, I'm in the middle of a show. I don't want to stop. <laughs> or whatever. The tornado comes. What happened? What happened? I don't know what happened. You know what happened. You ignored it. Whatever the alarm might be. I have somewhat of alarms going off in my uh, hand, in my head, when I'm about to have a seizure. Lord God, don't let me have a seizure. But when that happens... I have an ability to know what's going to happen, and that I praise God for. I really do. So when that happens, and I usually go, oh, oh, and I, I, I catch it, I stop everything, and I relax, and I, I stay calm, usually. Uh, thank God it's never happened during a Sunday morning sermon. It's happened after, and it's happened Sunday nights, and it's happened Wednesday nights, but it's never happened during a Sunday morning sermon. The point is, I'm blessed to have that warning, because sometimes I can't stop it. Sometimes I can't. But if I don't relax and take it easy, I will have a seizure. But if God gives me that warning and I decide I'm going to ignore it and get up and act like an idiot, I'll have a seizure. And who can I blame? Me. Because God gives me a warning. God gives me a warning. How many times do, does God tell us to set on our tongue, be quiet, don't say anything, let me take care of it. And we ignore it. So here's the verse that goes with that picture of the woman who looks similar to somebody in here. I'm not sure who. Uh, and uh, pardon me for being honored, Lord. And then Psalm 141, verse 3. Here's the verse. Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Wouldn't it be nice to have a lock on that door sometimes? But what do we do? It's like those old cartoons where they take the key to the door, they look. They, they swallow it whole and say, I don't know what happened. We know what happened. We threw the key away. And then we wonder why we get in so much trouble. So I'll read it again. Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. We just need to listen to the guard, the Lord Jesus. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen. Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. This is Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips still have destruction. I could explain that, but I think it's pretty obvious. Keep your big mouth shut. 
because destruction will come. We understand that. Then Proverbs 15.4. I like this. Proverbs 15.4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it crushes the spirit. You can be wholesome and build people up, or you can be perverse. Now, that could be cursing. I think many of us have failed in that. Or we can tear people down. I've heard people say, oh, I've never said a bad word in my life. I doubt that. Or they've said, hey, that's a lie. Or you've been a liar with your tongue. Maybe they just were then. Or maybe they have just torn people down. Oh, I never said a curse word, but. And then they'll say, so and so is an idiot, a jerk, a robber, everybody. Folks, that's just as bad. Tearing people down, tearing them, turning out their heart. No, build people up. Now, I'm not talking about lying. Oh, you're the greatest singer. Oh, you, you look so thin, folks. These 500 pounds. I doubt he's thin. But the point is that, I mean, I've had, I remember I was 500 pounds, and I, I know, I know, people were trying to be nice. But I remember <laughs> sweet little kids used to go here, no, you're not fat. Oh, you're thin, you're thin. And I used to want to say, oh, honeys, I love you. <laughs> but they were lying through the teeth. I mean, one thing I love about kids is they love you. They don't care what you look like. And they were trying to be sweet, you know. They really were. So I wasn't angry. I wasn't going to get on them for it. But I guarantee at 500 pounds, I could barely sit on a chair without the chair saying, ouch, that uh, there was no way I was thin. But anyway, all that being said, we're not talking about lying, but we're talking about being kind. There's a difference. James 1.26. James 1.26. If anyone among you seems to be religious... And does not bridle his tongue or her tongue, his tongue or her tongue, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is in vain. Now, this is what I want to say to you. If you're in a church and you believe that you're representing the Lord of God in this church, and yet people come in, you're rude to them, you're crude to them, you're cruel to them. And all these things, you're lewd. You're not representing the Lord God in this church. If they come in here and you're getting on to them, or whatever it might be. Oh, get out of that. Oh, stop doing that. Oh, come to church. Why aren't you here? And you're whatever it is you're doing, you're cutting, you're being curt, you're being rude, you're being crude, whatever it might be, stop it. Stop saying you're a Christian and going around saying you're a Christian and, and trying to represent the Lord God. By the way, I'm not telling you not represent the Lord God. But if you're trying to represent the Lord God in one hand, and then the other hand, you're backhanding people with your curt, rude mouth, stop. Let one win out. Let the sweetness win out, not the sour. We can't do both. God tells us to be loving and kind. I'm not saying don't be honest. Be honest. But don't have it both ways. One side of the tongue is sweet. Oh, God loves you. Come to our church. The next minute is sour. <laughs> Welcome to the church. Why are you doing this? Bah, 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 bah. No. Be loving. Be kind. Love is spoken here, as the sign says here outside our door. It shouldn't be both ways. Love is spoken here. Why did you get that? We're, we don't have enough of this. We don't have enough of that. Why? No. Be kind. We can afford more. But don't be a bad representation of the Lord. Be loving. We want more people here, not less because you run them off. We can't do that. And Christ wants more in the family, not less. Not less. Oh, but I was just trying to stand up for God. Yeah, but it's not that what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. Don't be a big mouth. Be a mighty mouth. 
Wait a minute, doesn't that mean the same thing? No, no. Let's go into a mighty mouth. What does a mighty mouth mean? I know when you first hear it, it sounds like a mighty mouth is a bad thing. No, because we're not talking about being a mighty big mouth. We're talking about having a mighty mouth man of God or woe man of God. You know what a man means here, mankind. Mighty mouth man of God. In other words, letting the power of God get behind your tongue. This is why Jesus Christ has his set on your tongue so often, because we're not letting him get behind it. This is why on the bottom of the page, I put both the man and the woman, and I have the Holy Spirit sitting there with the microphone, because we talked about earlier God having the microphone, and we need to be the speakers. This is you, whichever one you are. Be the man or the woman that God made you to be, and let the Lord God speak to you and through you, to the people in your life, whoever that might be. Let him get behind your tongue. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That means the things that are said can either be powerful enough to destroy or build up. Destroy people around you or build them up. Don't let your flesh be the one talking. Let the Holy Spirit say the things that you say. I have been guilty of all these things. I have been guilty of saying horrible, deceitful things. I'm ashamed to say. This is not me bragging. I pray and hope you understand that. I have been guilty of saying words that should never come off of a man of God's mouth. I'm ashamed with all my heart to say. I've been told never say these things behind the pulpit. But I say it. I say it to you today. Because I want you to understand that you're not alone. I have been one who's given in to the temptation of sin before and said things that should never come up out of the mouth of a man of God. I have given in just like you probably have. I have said many things. Maybe you've given in to some of these things. There should be no blasphemy, no foul words, no harsh, hurtful words, no lies, no gossip. There should be no destruction, but construction that comes out of our mouth. We represent Jesus is what we represent. So we should be able to construct and help people, not hurt them. Imagine, if you will, a Hallmark card. Now, we all know what a Hallmark card is. Some of them are very pretty. Some speak. Some are 3D. I always liked Hallmark cards when I was a kid. I loved them very much. Imagine a Hallmark card filled with stupid, <laughs> unloving, hurtful, dangerous statements for an anniversary. Can you imagine that? Happy 50th anniversary. I'm going to give you a dangerous, stupid, hurtful Hallmark card that could destroy our marriage. Now, that would be foolish, wouldn't it? That would be very foolish. We are a Hallmark card. Every single one of us Christians are a Hallmark card. We are to be filled with love and compassion. And an invitation to all the world around us, filled with love and kindness to show the love of God. When they open it up, our Hallmark card, we're to show people the love of God. Not hurtful, unkind, crude, rude, lewd words to make them feel unloved by God, but to feel welcome to the home and house of the Lord. This is what we're supposed to do. If you feel that you want to say something that isn't of God, shut up. 
Don't speak yourself. Don't let the fleshly tongue speak. This is where you pray, Jesus Christ, set on my tongue. Holy Spirit, take up the microphone and speak through me. This is what we do. It's hard sometimes not to speak on our own. It really is. I know because many times I've ignored the Lord when he's told me to be quiet. And it's hurt things. You're not alone. <laughs> if you think you're alone, you're not. I think just about every person in the world has done it. Peter did it. Paul did it. All of us did it. And then guess what we had to do? Get on our hands and knees and beg. Beg God to fix what we did. We all did it. But what God will do for us, if we're honest and just about it, he will fix it. And you remember the sermon I gave not long ago about the muzzle? The muzzle? I got that muzzle in there. I found it yesterday when I was cleaning. I found that muzzle. I almost threw it away and I didn't realize what it was. And I realized it was a muzzle. I said, no, 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 no. This person here still needs a muzzle. And I'm telling you, folks, if you think it's just you that needs a muzzle sometimes, oh, no, no, no. Your pastor needs a muzzle just like you. I need to muzzle my mouth, let Jesus said on my tongue, let the Holy Spirit do the talking. You know how many times I want to say something that I don't because the Lord says, no, pastor, this is not your time. It's my time. We've got to be doing that for all the people around to hear the voice of Jesus, not the voice of you. When you want to say something to someone else, pray before you speak. And then you won't have to question yourself later. There's much more I could say. I'll cut some of this down. I'll cut some of this down. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Hmm. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. We're not to cut people down, hurt them. No, we're to build, we're to help. Proverbs 10, 31. Proverbs 10, 31. The mouth of the just brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut out. Ooh, the perverse tongue will be cut out. We used to have a neighbor down the street, just around the corner, and when he was in, I want to say World War II, it might have been in Vietnam, but I don't think so. Maybe in Korea, who knows? It was one of those wars. But I remember his tongue had been cut off, remember? And he, oh, that, I felt so bad for that man. I remember as a little kid, I used to think about that, how it must have felt to have his tongue, tongue cut off. And I felt really bad for him. And I remember that he was short mentally because of all he'd went through. And I thought about that for a long time. And I thought, when reading this, I thought about what he'd gone through. And I thought sometimes, even if we have our tongue, we're mentally short because we don't think before we speak. This one it says in Proverbs 15, 1. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. This is why we must be calm and cool. Even when we're angry, be calm and cool because we don't want to stir up anger. Not when we're preaching the word of God. Let it be a mighty mouth of God speaking, not fleshly mouth. Colossians 3.8. Colossians 3.8 says to us, remember this is Paul speaking, but now you must also put away all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out of your mouth. 
It speaks more about this in Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, and I'm not going to read all that to you, but it's in there if you want to write that down. Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. It says, Colossians 4, 6, it says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you should answer everyone. And you know the old saying that people say, if you have nothing nice to say, then be quiet. You know, they say, say nothing at all. That's fine. Be quiet. And let God speak for you. That's a good one. That's good. It talks about in James 3, 8 through 12. James 3, 8 through 12. It says, But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. But it, but, excuse me, with it, the Lord and Father with it we curse men who are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. With brothers, these things, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring yield at the same opening sweet and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brothers, bear olives and vine, fig, vine figs? Or excuse me, olives or vine or figs? So no spring can yield both salt water and fresh water. It ought not be so that we're doing both good and bad with the tongue. We should always follow the Lord God and see what he can do. The power of God in his tongue through you can do amazing, mighty things. We're to listen to the almighty mouth of God if we want to be better than we are. Don't be a big mouth. If you're a big mouth of the flesh and emotions and it starts to speak, shut up. And listen to the Lord. Let Jesus set on your tongue and listen to the Holy Spirit. Let the power of God speak through you and not be the big mouth, but instead be the mighty mouth with the power of God speaking through you. Listen to the Holy Spirit and be the speaker as the Holy Spirit speaks to the world around you. And let me close with Matthew chapter 12, 36 through 37. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 12, 36 through 37. And let me say it before I read that. I know, I know, this may seem like a harsh statement as we talk about a mighty mouth. And when you first heard that statement, it might have sounded that, that title. It might have sounded like the mighty mouth was a mean statement. Turns out the mighty mouth was a good thing. The big mouth was the bad one. Because we should be listening to the almighty mouth of God. I know it hurts that every single one of us can be a big mouth. And we don't think so. Even if we're quiet, sometimes we say things we should. Every single one of us. Huh, I wish it weren't so. I wish that every single thing I said was wonderful in this world. It's not. It's not. But I know that God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't say a word that's not wonderful and sweet. And if we will just listen to him, then our words can be changed today. And nothing but sweetness will come out. Nothing but fresh water will come out. No more salt. No more sour. So we need to listen. And I could tell by the 
silence that came over that it may have hurt you as much as it hurt me when I was preparing all this. But at the same time, it also gave me hope because there's nothing but hope and wonderful power in the Lord God. Amen. Amen. Listen to what it says in Matthew 12, 36 through 37 as we close. This is what Jesus said. But I say to you that for every idle word that men speak, they will be given an account on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So just hand your words over to the Lord God. Be quiet when you want to say something you shouldn't. And let the Holy Spirit do the speaking. And you will let the almighty mouth of God speak through you. And he will give you a mighty mouth. So that his power will be seen and heard. And not your own. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father. We thank you so very, very much for your word. We thank you for the Bible, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, if there be anyone out there who isn't for certain of their salvation, that today they change that. If there be anyone here who's ill or anyone at home who's ill, I pray this very day they pray that they will come to you and you will heal them. Perhaps they have someone in their life who's questioning their health. Maybe they can come forward today for them. Maybe, Lord God, that you can just bring uh, a sense of understanding for what's going on in their life. Maybe, Lord God, they're just concerned. Lord God, I pray right now that you will help us, Lord, to follow you right now. And we pray for everything that's going on in Israel right now, Lord God. We know it's your promised land. And we know, Lord God, that in the end, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. But we know it's also difficult to see everything happening. And I pray for peace. Lord God, I pray for peace in all people's hearts right now. I pray, Lord God, for understanding. And I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to be quiet and listen to you through all things. I pray for all the teachers here and for all the workers here. I pray, Lord God, that your words be heard and that your peace be found. Lord God, I also pray if there be anyone here today who wants to come up and join, but yet they're a little afraid to do so, I pray they will do so knowing that you are in charge. I pray for all of this in your precious holy name. Amen.